Welcome to <laughs> to Restoration Basics. This no. is the preparatory podcast. Had a little bit of a switch of intro music tonight. Um, my name is Samuel Jordison. I'm joined by three others tonight: Andrew Smith, Jason King, and our guest Kara Smith. Kara, no relation. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Just to clarify. Uh, well, thanks for coming on the show. I believe you have a joke for us. I do. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Who's there? Eva. <laughs> Eva. Eva. Who? Eva, your deaf or your doorbell ain't working. <laughs> oh, boy. You want to tell us some backstory on that it's joke? A little shout out to our friend Eva. Who loved that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she did. I remember, in fact, it's her favorite joke. Those were the days. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks for your joke. We'll move on now. Um, I know you're our first guest that we've poached from uh, our good friend, Sarah Stewart Gospel Podcast. So we know you've been on that podcast. Oh, so like a lot that. of our listeners overlap, I think. Um, so... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Kara's laughing too much. She's laughing because it's Sam said our time. listeners <laughs> <laughs> we don't actually have. Um, but would you mind telling us? Can you us? tell how many people listen to you? Yeah. How many is it? It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, at least one of our parents. <laughs> our parents sometimes you guys, listen. You guys are all the rage. This one's going to put you on the map. What were you going to say, Sam? I was going to ask you, would you mind giving us a little backstory about yourself and... Who you are and where you're from and what you're how you know us. about. Yeah, how you know us. Um, oh, I, okay. Well, I'm from Iowa originally, Southwest Iowa, Mount Air to be exact. That's how, how that? I know Sam, M-O-U-N-T Whoa. space A-Y-R, or you can abbreviate it M-T period space A-Y-R. Hmm. I know Sam from my days hmm. at Mount Air Restoration Branch when he was just a babe. We used to babysit <laughs> him, change his diapers. I don't clean up Jello. We yeah, clean up Jello that they played with in the bathtub when I was maybe taking an apple and I was supposed to be watching them. <laughs> wow, you sound like a great babysitter. <laughs> I was a really good babysitter. And then I know you other guys from back in the day when I used to be the youth group leader at Living Hope, and we all went on caravan together. Woo! Sam came down for that. Hmm. That's when I got to know you all. Good days, good times, and now look at you. Wow. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought you'd grown into guys with your own podcast? Not me. The number one rated podcast. the word of the Lord. Of three <laughs> I think gentlemen we, discussing I think we are Book of Mormon chapter by chapter. <laughs> In the restoration. There's probably a nice Mormon one that gets a lot more views. <laughs> I'm sure. We're at least the third best restoration-based podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a second? I don't. <laughs> so, we're just giving some leeway. Yeah, there, there's probably just, one out there. Don't offend that one. That's yeah, out there Zion right Bound, even though they haven't had an episode in like <laughs> 20 years <laughs> yeah. before podcasts are even a thing. There's yeah. probably still better than us. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been talking about on the podcast so far has been the Book of Mormon chapters, going through chapter by chapter, and today we are on Jacob chapter one and two, which one of the reasons. We asked you for this specific chapter is because you stopped me like over a year ago and you were like, hey, you need to read Jacob chapter two. And I was like, okay. 
And then you were like, I have a whole class on it. Not like you personally. Yes, you did. Well, I know, but I don't want to make it sound like <laughs> I was like, oh, Sam needs to read this. Okay. <laughs> this only applies to Sam, right? You're a wicked dude, Sam. <laughs> I, well, here's the story. It's back when everyone was reading through the Book of Mormon, like chapter by chapter, right? And at Living Hope, our young adult group had started to doing that, not knowing that the rest of the world was doing it. Not the rest of the world, but like everyone else was doing it. And I've always like loved the Book of Mormon, right? Like everyone loves the Book of Mormon. <laughs> with quotes you at home cannot see I'm putting quotes around that but for the first time it was like every page and every story like really came alive to me and I was like this is good stuff and I read Jacob chapter 2 and I was like whoa God is very clear in this chapter and I was like everybody needs to read it so I don't make and it so, sound like I felt like the sins in here were like something you in your life needed to but go ahead <laughs> Well, I, we had plans to hang out at your house and get a bunch of people together, and then you're going to teach your class to us, and then that fell through. Yeah, as things do, like most plans in my life. <laughs> but we knew we could reach an even wider audience <laughs> if we brought you on the show. And so, Jason, why don't you set us up? What happened in Jacob chapter one? So, in this chapter, Jacob takes over. We learned that. Well, we kind of learned it in the end of second Nephi, but Nephi's getting old. And in this one, he uh, passes away and kind of anoints Jacob as the ruler over the Nephites. But it also says there are multiple clans or whatever. Nephites, Zoramites, Lamanites, Lemuelites, Ishmaelites. But he said that he's just going to refer to those who are friendly to the Nephites as Nephites and those who are against him as Lamanites. And so Jacob then kind of gets into some knowledge, Sam. Well, the first thing I noticed is there's no Samites in that list of, even though Sam was a brother of Nephi. He, he was just a follower. Oh, okay. <laughs> Middle of the road. Never like guy. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we talked about, we have our list of verses before the show. And Kara also mentioned this, and we've, I think we talked about this too. Um, Jacob and Joseph, his brother, has been consecrated priests and teachers to teach the people of Nephi and they taught them because they did not want the blood of the Nephites upon their garments. They didn't want to sit back and have their ignorance or be responsible for their people's ignorance. And Kara, you said that you think that's something we don't talk about. Or maybe Jason said that. I did say that, but Kara pointed it out first. I just said, I think that's important scripture that like when I read that, I was like, Ooh, that's a big, it's a big responsibility to be priesthood. I think there's a lot of like desire for that role, but then you're like that. I don't know if we talk about the huge responsibility that that really is. Do you think we take that to heart? I don't know. Do you think we would act different if we took that to heart? And if yes, then how? I think that's a question we each have to reflect on on our own. <laughs> Probably. <Yeah. laughs> I don't think that can call that out for somebody else. Yeah. yeah. The three of us are priesthood members and me personally, I don't, really think about that that much and that probably could change your ministry a bit if you are thinking of that at the forefront and more of a responsibility for the people of the church and those who are not priesthood members and you know that's not to say that members can't figure stuff out but if ultimately there are lost people out there then that's the responsibility of the priesthood to bring them back or give them additional knowledge that they never had or stuff like that so and I think it leads into really well what we're talking about in the second chapter here is that I don't know that we're very good at calling people to repentance anymore. Like we live in a world where to to say like, 
this is actually sin is going to be like, oh, well, that hurts my feelings because I've done that. So therefore you're judging me or condemning me. And I'm like, I'm actually not like I'm the opposite. I'm trying to save you from condemnation by by saying that. So I think we avoid the difficult topics in church. I mean, when's the last time that you heard a sermon about sexual impurity? Never. Oh, yeah, I've never had heard one. Never a sermon, you know. Yeah. I, I just think, I don't know. I think we need to start talking about the hard stuff in church. Why do you think that? But, you know, you go to, you go to like, you go to mainstream Christian churches and you hear that stuff all the time. Like, they are, they're having the hard conversations. They're talking about the hard things. And I just think we could do a better job. What do you think is stopping us from doing that? I think people are scared. I think no. opposed to I mean, why don't you Christian guys do churches. It? Well, you guys are priesthood. Why don't you preach a sermon on that? Yeah, Jason. I'm sorry. Come <laughs> <laughs> on. I do on talk you. about it, but I'm not standing at the pulpit. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? I agree that we just don't talk about the hard conversations. It's hard to talk about. There's a huge fear. I will say, not this isn't a scapegoat, but the uh, the restoration as a whole is older. <laughs> and so you get an older mentality of like, we don't talk about Stuff like that. Yeah, we don't talk about. I don't even as like just an older generation type that's across the board. But I mean, they were talking about it in Jacob's generation. Well, Jacob had it figured out. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, hear a lot of people say like we can't talk about that stuff in front of the kids. But my thing is, the world is not censoring it from your kids. You know what I mean? True. Like they are getting that message loud and clear from the world around them, and I think they need to hear our voice talking about it as well in a respectful responsibly. Way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't let me teach the lesson to your kids, but like <laughs> someone who can do it more tactfully. What's your job again? <laughs> hey, don't I, like her to teach the kids. <laughs> when I talk to kids in the hospital, it's real clear, real comfortable well, talking about all sorts of things to kids in the hospital. That's good. <laughs> okay. Hmm. I so somebody <clears throat> asked the question why Sorry, I interrupted you when you were trying to answer it. No, you're fine. I think it was Kara. She asked why the why the restoration doesn't teach that as much. And I think also is that in comparison to general churches, general Christian churches, I think we're a lot more defensive in our outreach than they are. You know, they're not scared of losing a lot of numbers. And I'm not saying that's our mm. only reason for not doing it. But w- because of our background, we are somewhat getting smaller. You know, I'm not saying that's the trend or something, but uh, we're maybe not upfront about it. But I can see some people being afraid of saying something that will push people away, you know. Mm -hmm. And so you make it uplifting and you make it full of hope, which is good and necessary. But also those uncomfortable things are needed for true growth, you know, and I think we skip over that. Which is exactly actually how Jacob starts this chapter is like, I really came here because I wanted to preach a hopeful and uplifting and like healing word to you. But God has like placed upon my heart that what I have to bring is like repentance, Mm -hmm. like real clear. I'm not going to mix words. I'm not going to make you question what I'm saying. Which shows that they're both coming from a place of love, which is important when reading this. I was just just reading about how he has in verse two or three he says he has anxiety because of it like yeah. he, that's that's his form of love is it's weighing on him so heavily that the people can't they're you know they're only one generation removed from nephi and they're already starting to lose their way shows you how quick the quick they move <laughs> quick the adversary moves 
So you have a class on, we're not asking you to teach the class verbatim, but what did you? Well, I want, I actually want to say one more reason why I think we don't talk about it. And I think that's because if we don't talk about it, then it's not happening. And I think that's a huge, and that's not just for, that's not just for sexual impurity. Like I I was talking to a woman the other day whose husband is a priesthood member who struggles with pornography. And she went to the elders of the church to ask for help with that. And they basically were like, that's your marriage. You guys got to figure that out. And that's like, actually, if we could figure it out, I would have. But like, I don't right. know what to do with that. I don't know what to mm-hmm. do with that. And so we don't we don't talk about pornography. And that's a huge issue in the church. Like, and I don't say that to like shame people because that's not helpful. But I say that because it's something we need to start talking about because a lot of people struggle with it. And if you don't know that, then you think you're alone. And then, and you then you're weaker. Don't know what to do. So you, yeah. you're less adept to fight it, you know. I think we need to start being honest. Well, that. That goes along with the, we have this idea in the, like in the restoration that it's all works, no grace almost. Like it's like you have to, everyone's like, hey, endure it to the end. And if you show a glimpse of, hey, right now I'm having trouble enduring, then it's like, well, get out of the way because we're trying to build Zion. Yeah, we don't have time for sin. No endurance. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A long distance runner. I can plank for two minutes. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Back story, we made Kara plank for a minute. We've made all our guests plank. It's true. Fun fact. So now everyone's lining up to guest on our podcast. And it's <laughs> literally because <laughs> they're li- well, mm, it fits somehow. Yeah, it's a, a horizontal line. Line. It, It's a longer plank each time. So by the time we get to Murrah and I. Going to need some buff kids. Three Not minutes. kids. People, maybe <laughs> it could be a kid, I guess. Yeah, well, I'm just gonna know. turn it over to you, Karen. <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, I don't want this to be a class, but I'll share some things and you guys all yeah. can jump in. Well, so this is, this is what I always say when I talk about Jacob, too, and it's a little facetious. <laughs> That's a good word, but I always say Jacob, too, is the chapter where like God is standing at the door with his shotgun and you bring his daughter home late, and <laughs> he's like. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. Like that's totally like my doing? Jacob too. <laughs> exactly. Like, let me tell you what happens when you bring my daughter home late. So it's true. He, he goes into Jacob specifics too. on daughters and like <laughs> women and you know how you know pure and great they are. <laughs> and how, how the guy, how and basically, the men are. yeah, basically, like you guys are messing up. And so, yeah, it's it's very clear. Yeah. So he, well, he talks about different kinds of sins. So he talks about pride and he talks about like money and their desire to have riches for the wrong reasons. Do you know which one he talks about first? Oh, is that a point you'd like to make? No. Just, just curious. Because most of the time in the Book of Mormon, he talks about pride first. Well, before he talks about sex, he talks about both those things. Right. Yeah. But then he talks, he says, but what I want to talk to you about today is like a grosser crime. Mm. So even worse than your pride is yeah. the sexual sin that you all have allowed to come into your lives. But, but sorry, just before you go on, but the, the point I guess I was trying to bring across is that, um, we, I think we've talked about this before, probably not on the podcast, but we've talked about, you know, just like how there are gateway drugs, there are gateway sins as mm. well. And in the book of Mormon, it often lists pride first because, in my opinion, I, I view that as one of the gateway sins. You know, it, it it doesn't seem to be all that bad. It's really easy to get into. But I mean, like like here, 
Jacob talks about it and then he goes on to your pride has evolved into something horrific and this is what I mean like that's what the chapter is and so yeah that's just all I was gonna say yeah yeah good Mm. (laughs) nice now you can (laughs) no it's fine I'll give you permission thank you I I, I appreciate your permission Mm. so he specifically mentions polygamy right which this is a really important chapter to defend I guess against this idea that polygamy was somehow part of the church in the early days but he's very, very clear that polygamy is not okay. Um, and even says, like, I brought, I specifically brought you all out of Jerusalem because those people had brought polygamy in, and that was an abomination to me, what David did and what Solomon did and how they had wives and concubines. Like, I didn't want that. And so I brought you out of that land so that you guys could be righteous and not have that, but yet you're bringing it back in to your midst. And that's the whole point for you being here is not to make that part of your life. But then he also, in 66, I'm going to jump ahead to 66 and come back, because it wasn't just polygamy he was talking about. It says, um, warns them against fornication and lasciviousness and every kind of sin, telling them the awful consequences of them. And I think it's important to define those words, because I was I was saying earlier, like, growing up, you know, I'd be talking to my friends about the Bible and why I was cho- choosing to wait until I was married to have sex. And they're like, well, it only says you shouldn't commit adultery, which means once you're married, you shouldn't have sex with anyone else. But it doesn't say anything about having sex, like, before you get married. And I was like, oh, great point. Like, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. You got me. Um, but fornication, like the literal like Webster definition of that is unmarried sex. So sex when you're not married. Um, and lasciviousness is like lustfulness or lewd- lewdness or arousing sexual desire. So anything that we do with the purpose of sexual arousal is part of this Jacob too. And so I would add to that pornography and like whatever it else it is that we're involved with it is fueling the sexual sin in our world, which is so rampant right now. Like it's ridiculous. And I think I was reading an article the other day, um, <clears throat> like just the connection of pornography to the sex trafficking industry. Like I don't think people realize that Pornhub, which is a really famous like pornography system on the web. Um, recently had a video of a 15-year-old girl who'd gone missing. And the way that her mom found her was that they found out that they found a video of on her being raped on Pornhub that was being sold for people to watch. That's how they were able to rescue her is because they found her on there. So when so when we're watching pornography, is like, it's not a big deal. These people are doing it because they want to. They're not most of the time. And if they are, you're fueling into the industry. If they are, they're doing it because they see, you know, they've. Mm-hmm. there's lots of reasons. But... But you're also paying into the industry that is literally paying for girls to be taken underage from their families and sold into an industry of sex. Like, I think we have to be really serious about how huge this sin is that we're talking about, even today in our world, just as much as it was back in the time of Jacob. So, If not more so. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so he talks about all those things and how those are not okay. Whoredoms, which is prostitution or prom- promiscuous sexual activity, like all these things are not pe- pleasing. And he says in this point, he says, like, the women have been crying out to me because of this, like their hearts are broken because of the sin that the men at the time were doing. And I'm not saying, uh, you know, you read this chapter, and it is very much like, (laughs) the women were pure and wonderful, and the men were evil. And I think we're all equally responsible for this today. Like, we're all equally engaged in this. Um, But he said, he basically says, like, I've heard their cries, and I'm not going to let your sin drag the women down. 
like, and I, the question I wrote next to that is like, how am I leading others away today because of the sin in my own life, you know? And God's like, I'm not going to stand for that. If you're here as my people, like, I'm not going to let you sin because it's leading other people away. You're breaking their hearts. They're seeing you do it. And that's, you know, I don't know. What are you guys thinking? <clears throat> We've kind of had this theme of trying to apply this, uh, whatever we're reading today and make it real. And when you, it's never happened. Like I've never thought of this before, but when you read like the women's hearts are breaking, trying to apply that today, I think of like, like my fiance who's scared to go to like a gas station by herself at night. Like she won't do it because of the human traffic. Yeah. Like that's a, and it's, you know, it's just a, such a simple, like, Oh, you can, but it's not just limited to her because all of her friends are worried about it too. And all of, you know, the mm -hmm. random girl she meets at class is like, Hey, we'll stick together when we walk home or the girl she's at work. She's like, Hey, we're going to stay together and I'm not going to leave you because it's a real problem. And I think of how, you know, the phrase broken hearts is easy to imagine. You just think of someone sitting there crying like, Oh, I'm so unhappy. My husband's faithful, but a very more real, like it's a domino effect of, it just leads to people not being able to feel safe or trusting other individuals they could otherwise show love to if they're out and about. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, you just said out and out about. And about. <laughs> that's out the and Canadian. About. I know the, the Canadian you came out. <laughs> so I don't, that's, that's where my thoughts went to. Yeah. So I was just kind of thinking when you're talking about pornography and just how big of an issue it is, I'm, I'm not, actually asking this question because I know the answer, but why is pornography such a bad issue on an individual level? And obviously you have the, you know, sex trafficking issues, but if you didn't even know about that, like what about pornography is such an issue that would cause, you know, all these in our day, all these women to, you know, cry out to the Lord or, um, you know, stuff like that. Well, um, in the Doctrine and Covenants, actually, in verse in section 63, 5a, I know this isn't a Doctrine and Covenants podcast. Yeah, but can you say this for our next? <laughs> 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 just kidding. Just kidding. Um, it says that he who looks upon a woman to lust after her, or if any shall commit adultery in their hearts, they shall not have the spirit. So, I mean, this is a pretty bold statement, but if you are engaged in pornography, you, you don't have the spirit in you. And I don't remember the statistic. It's like, 60% or I don't know, It's a, I shouldn't say that on a podcast, but there's a huge percentage of men who have engaged or do engage in pornography. And if you look out at our congregation, and 60% of the people are engaged in some sort of sexual <laughs> sin, why do we not have the spirit <laughs> in our services, right? Because mm -hmm. it's, it literally says like, you can't, if, if you're actively engaged in a sinful, the sinfulness of lust, then you don't get to have the spirit with you. And I think that that's why we have to start talking about this is we have to call each other to repentance in love. Like it's not, you know, it's, I, yeah. it's, it's in love. <laughs> I don't know. I'd say in the modern era, almost a hundred percent of males have at least had some sort of exposure to a pornography. I, I don't think it's 60%. Like <laughs> just me personally. Yeah. I, I think it's almost a hundred percent, at least, uh, on even on accident have had like, the opportunity yeah. yeah it's so easy yeah well and that's why we have to start talking about this because and i don't i should have done i didn't know that we were going to go this route i should have done more research but it's like 10 to 12 years old where the pornography industry starts targeting kids mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. it's like, if we're not talking about this, then <laughs> they're, they're hooked. Someone else is talking to them about it. Yeah. The other yeah. In a way direction. you don't want them to. Yeah. Right. I think the other thing that goes well with that, um, are we leading other ways away is actually later in Alma when Alma's talking to Corey Anton. And I wasn't going to bring this up, but I think it's really good. He's like, because Corey Anton has gone off and had sex with a prostitute, right? And he's like, it's that's a huge sin. But even greater than that is the fact that all of these people were listening to you preach the gospel. And then they saw you did this and they just wrote off what the church had to say because of that. Mm -hmm. And I think we can say that about any sin. Like, what am I doing in my life that when someone sees they're like, oh, that's Christianity? That's what followers of Christ do? Like, I don't want to be part of that. So, okay. so <laughs> because we knew what was going on, um, what, what we were going to talk about, I, I was thinking about this while I was driving today. I don't know. I don't remember where, but I, I was thinking actually about that question we asked about why we don't talk about this as much. And um, a question that, that came to my mind was maybe, um, and I just want to hear all of your opinions, I guess, about this is maybe we don't, um, we don't talk about it because, um, you know, uh, because all, all these things, pornography, lust, all, all that stuff is, is the bad side of sex. Right. But there is a good side, you know, like there is a right way for it to be done, but I don't know if we see even that right way to involve God. And I, I think that's a problem. And what do you think? Well, in verse, I was at in verse twenty four of Jacob. It Jacob two. It's talk. It talks about like their pride and their desire for riches, and it says money and plenty is a blessing if God is involved, but if He's not involved, it's a curse. And I think it's the same chapter. We're talking about the same type of, you know, thing. And I think the same thing is true about sex. When, when God is involved, it's beautiful and it's plentiful and it's a blessing to you. And when it's not involved, it's a curse. And I think that. I think that's an important thing for us to talk about. Yeah. I think it's really important moving forward that it's not just all you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. It's that there is a time and place right. for it to be done. However, God's way is better than our way. You know, uh, we're going to see what our way gets to in this chapter. He talks about what it means for our eternal souls, you know, if these people are going to continue in this sin how how terrible it is in God's eyes. But there is a pathway for us to act in which God is pleased with us, you know? And, and I don't think we talk about that. Enough. I, I don't even know what I'm asking, I guess. But what is yeah. the good side about that? Like how... Well, a thing that we've talked about a lot throughout all of these podcasts is that God has given us commandments and a plan and ways to live, not for just so he can watch us follow it's actual beneficial to our own lives mm -hmm. and there are many things that if we are following him we'll be happier we'll be in the spirit and and with sex and stuff like that yeah we we don't really understand the good and i know i'm just reiterating what you said but it, it seems like most people just look at it as a terrible thing. And I, I don't know, like it is kind of a very intimate thing and awkward to talk about. And so some, it, it's not saying everyone has to be comfortable talking about this stuff, but it is saying that there has to be this aura kind of shifted to making it something where you can have 
joy and something to look forward to and not just something you have to avoid. I don't know. I'm in the same boat as what we've already talked about that. I don't know how you like carry you that verse of the, the spirit of the Lord will cease to strive with you. It cannot dwell with someone the less like to me, that's, that's almost like not the motivation, but that's the reason like, Oh, I don't want to commit that because I want the mm-hmm. spirit. That's, that's scary. Yeah. And I don't, it should be scary if it's not, you know, yeah. did Amos share his test? I don't know if Amos shared his testimony on it when he came on, but he had an experience a long time ago at a camp where no, he, he didn't he didn't share um, just thirty second testimony. Sum it up real quick. He was at a camp; it was going well, and he describes it as the experience as if the spirit of God left, like completely their cabin dorm because of something. This they were all like junior campers, so like elementary age. It was something one of the campers had brought, and he said something, and that led to mass paranoia within the cabin and he said that campers were crying like it was just terrible and he it was the worst feeling that he ever felt and he takes that as that was that was my like my experience where the spirit was just gone and he was like i can't imagine going back to that and being like there's no way that anyone's okay and to i don't know to me when you're when you describe like it just can't be with you you talk not just on a church level, but how we as a country have let it happen. And you mm. then you look at how the country's like mm, further and further away from the spirit. Well, maybe it's not because of not. It is because of stuff we've done, not necessarily because God's been like, all right, I'm leaving. It's because we did things. He's like, I have to leave now. I yeah. can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't be here anymore. Well, that's actually what I mean. That's what actually what he goes on to say to them, because um, he talk, starts talking about the Lamanites. Right. And so at this point, if you're new to the <laughs> Book of Mormon, like typically Nephites are the good guys and Lamanites are the bad guys. It switches back and forth throughout. But at this point, the Nephites are the quote unquote good guys and the Lamanites are the people who like to kill people for their blood and all that sort of stuff. Um, but he says like, at this point, you all are worse than the Lamanites. And in 46, it's it's because you've broken the hearts of your tender wives and you've lost the confidence of your children because of your bad examples before them. And the sobbing of their hearts ascends to God against you. And if you do not repent, I will let the Lamanites scourge you. And he's not saying like, I'm going to bring them on you and they're going to bring death upon you. He's like, I'm just going to remove my blessing from you, this protection that you've had because my spirit's dwelled with you. If you're going to live in sin, then I'm just going to back up and let life play out how it will. And that means that the Lamanites are going <laughs> to, they're going to come kill you because God's, God's bound when we keep his promises, but when we don't, he's like, I can't protect you from the sin that you're choosing to be part of. Spoiler alert, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and then he goes on and he, and like, this is the great part of this. I mean, this is the part that I like underlined twice and whatever in my, in my scriptures is, is verse 54 and 56 and, and 57 is he's like the Lamanites who you hate because of their filthiness and the cursings, which have come upon them are more righteous than you. Um, for they have not forgotten the commandments of the Lord, which were given unto their fathers, that they should have, save it were one wife, and concubines they should have none, and there should not be whoredoms committed among them. And now this commandment they observe to keep, wherefore, because of this observation and keeping this commandment, the Lord will not destroy them, but will be merciful on them, and one day they shall become a blessed people. Behold, their husbands love their wives, and their wives love their husbands, and their husbands and their wives love their children." Like, that is the reason that the Lamanites aren't going to be destroyed. Like, of all the 
commandments that the Nephites have kept and of all the sin that the Lamanites have done, God's going to preserve them for one reason, because of the way they loved each other. Like, that's pretty intense because of the ways that husbands and wives loved each other and because of the ways that children loved them. That's a big deal. Ignoring sex and all and all of that that side that we've talked about what does that verse mean for our country today as how we're supposed to behave with our spouses no like isn't that condemning oh uh, applying the same promise yeah okay yeah i got you i got you yeah no that yeah i think that's very true and it's i think it's like scary to me yeah you know and yeah. you talk about we don't want to preach it when it comes time to <laughs> one of us take the pulpit and then no one of us priesthood ever preaches it about it I think I think it has a lot to do with the fact that, like is like Jason said, probably a hundred percent or have been exposed to it, and then again, at least sixty percent are still struggling with it, and they're not going to call themselves out, and then that just leads to right. more deterioration within. And then there's this. I don't know. I I've heard this saying a lot recently. I don't know if it was a friend along, but as the church goes, so goes the country. Yeah. I've, I don't know how old that saying is, but just popped up for me in the last few years but it's been around a while okay well <laughs> i'm on the boat now i'm on the train <laughs> um but that's how it that's where like as a country our church has obviously split it's gotten divided it's gotten feelings have gotten hurt and people won't talk to each other and it's taken a lot of work just to mend and then you see the country in the same spot and you know the topic of the fact that or the fact that husbands and wives can't love each other and put each other first with God, it's a big sign that they can't love someone they're not living in the same house with or, mm. you know, same congregation with or whatever you want to say. And you, and you take that in the analogy that the church is often used in with the church being the bride of Christ, you know, as, as a church that's so divided at the moment, we are not. Our, our marriage with Christ isn't where it should be, you know? And just like the Lamanites, God's blessing will be, will be taken from us if, if we continue in this bad place that we're in, you know, and as a church that's, that's condemning as a country that's condemning. It's really scary when you just look at the divorce rate alone, you know, what does that say about the love that's, that's in our families, you know? Yeah. Well, and on, on our understanding of covenant, like I think that's even in, in bigger, right? We choose some covenants that we're bound to for our lives, like our baptismal covenant and our priesthood covenant. And then there's other covenants that we're like, hey, you don't have to be bound to that one. Right. And I don't, and again, here's the problem with starting to talk about this is people are like, you're judging me or that's offensive. And I'm, I'm not like, I love you and I understand things are hard and, I, and I'm not judging you for the decisions that you've made. I just think we can't not talk about it because people have done it right yeah. we can't not talk about mm -hmm. it because you know and there's and there's and the hugest piece of all of this that we're talking about today is that there's repentance and there's forgiveness and there's god's grace and you know even corian that we talked about earlier like you read about him later he did repent and he did go on to serve the lord and yeah. he was part of bringing the gospel and so like we don't call you to repentance to say you're terrible we call you to and, and call me to repentance like we call each other to repentance because we know it brings us into closer relationship with God. And conversely of what you were saying about your testimony, the testimony of Amos is, is the testimony that I had one time when I was in a really hard and challenging and dark place in my life. And I was living in a basement with no windows and 
long story short, I was just really frustrated and discouraged about the world and about the church. And I was journaling. And in my journal, I said, God, I just want to be taken from this earth and in your arms forever. And in that moment, the spirit came on me in a way I'd never felt before. And I literally felt arms like wrap around me and hold me. And I knew that it was the spirit of God. And I knew that Christ was holding me in that scripture that says, I'll encircle you with the arms of my love came to my mind. And that's totally what it felt like was happening. And and then that's that spirit left and i was i was like oh don't leave and it was like the point was like you don't have to leave this life or leave this earth to feel my spirit like i'm here with you but i'm so thankful for that moment because it gave me a taste of what is so important to me and i i've i've never had sex before i'm sure it's amazing <laughs> but i can't imagine anything feels better than the love of god when you feel it in full force and that's why this whole idea of like well sin separates me from god it's not about like oh you can't do that it's like actually i love god so much that i'm gonna choose to follow his way because i don't want to feel that separation from him there's nothing in this world that feels better and I know people listening are going to be like, oh, it's because you don't know. <laughs> but I'm convinced that there's nothing better than that. I mean, the tree of life fruit, the whole thing was that there's nothing that tastes better than the love of God. Um, there's one more piece. I don't know if you guys had something else to say about that, but there's one more piece that I think is important in this. Um, and actually, I didn't read it this way until we were in um, Kenya. And I actually taught a similar class to this in Kenya at the youth retreat. And as I was teaching, I looked out among a lot of the girls and like the spirit just came over me. And I felt like there was a real need for those who had um, been raped or had some sort of, you know, sexual violence against them. I just felt like there was a room of people there that needed to know that that sin was not theirs. Um, and there's a scripture right here in Jacob where I don't know, I don't know that this is what he was talking about, but in the moment that I, that I read it, um, that's what I felt like God was saying to these girls. In Jacob 2, verse 48, and he's speaking to the women here, um, and he says, But behold, I, Jacob, would speak unto you who are pure in heart. And so he's speaking this to the women whose husbands have done these things, but I also think he's speaking to any of any women who have experienced something that, or any men that have experienced something like this. He says, Look unto God with firmness of mind, and pray unto him with exceeding faith, and he will console you in your affliction, and he will plead your cause, and he will send justice upon all those who seek your destruction. O ye that are pure in heart, lift up your heads and receive the pleasing word of God and feast upon his love, for ye may, if your minds are firm, forever. And I, I love that scripture of like, whether, whether you've been brokenhearted or whether you've had something happen to you, like, it's like, bring that to God and he'll defend the injustice and he'll bind up your wounds. And then you just feast on his love, which I think that is what it comes down to in this world. Like, we're all searching for this love. And I think God puts a desire in our heart to feel loved because ultimately it's supposed to draw us back to him. But the problem is that we've tried to fill it with what the avenues. word is offering is love mm -hmm. what yeah. the world is offering and it's like you're not going to get it there you're going to keep searching that's why so many people are brokenhearted in this area of their life it's like you got to get that from god do you think there's a obviously i, I can imagine well i was on the trip <laughs> to kenya with you and and you had a test because they came up and they shared how much that meant to them right with yeah. the whole class with you had People Multiple girls who came up and and for the first time in their lives shared their stories of of people hurting them and of rape and and laid that burden down and recognized that it wasn't theirs to have to carry anymore. 
And there were other girls who came and, and shared stories of the mistakes that they'd made in their life and a desire to let go of that and be freed from the sin. That's the biggest thing is there's freedom in that, right? There's freedom in, in letting go of that and giving it to God. And so, yeah, it was pretty amazing, the response yeah. of the kids. And I think we do ourselves a disservice when we say, well, we do do ourselves a disservice when we say, okay, that's for them over there because they have they live in different environments and we're just going to not talk about it over here yeah. or not not focus on it because we don't have those problems. That's just something they deal with. Right. Did you guys have anything that stuck out to you in the chapter particularly? or Just in our discussion, I, and I don't want to keep bouncing around or going back to things that we've already talked about, but I'm kind of doing that anyways. Um, I've just been thinking about if someone had never heard basically that sexual immorality is a bad thing and an issue and the spirit can't be there. What would you say to them and this to anyone if they ask, why does God care what I do in the bedroom or, you know, what I do in private, is that really going to affect other people or say whatever? But what what would you say to someone who just doesn't understand why it's such a big deal? I'll say my answer really fast is that because you asked several questions, he cares what you do in private because he cares what you do all the time. Yeah, He cares what you do in the bedroom because he cares what you do all the time. And he knows, like we talked about, he doesn't give us commandments just for us to he, hear his voice. You know, yeah, he, he right. does it for a purpose. And he knows that if you keep that, that you will be happier. Uh, you'll be more protected. Your heart will be more intact. You know, all of these different things. And it. Uh, so what he cares be? because he cares about you, you know, and, and so. Uh, I, I guess that's... So what would know. be the bad things that someone can come across? Um, you know, we're saying if you follow the commandments, we have a reason because, you know, we have this joy. But what what is... What what are we avoiding if we follow this? Because, well, Kara probably knows a lot more about this because you've done actual research. But there are physical things that do happen when you do have sex, right? And, and so if you are doing it all over the place and that <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> bad choice of words apologies if you're being uh that way you are being affected in negative ways and you may not realize it because that's just the way you've known it but even if you're not being affected the people that you're engaging with are being affected and and that's not how God intended your relationships to be, you know? And I, again, I'm, I'm not very researched in this, so I, I can't tell you stuff about hormones and, <laughs> and what happens when and, and all that different stuff. But I don't know. That's my answer's dumb. I go to care, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Just end it with, I don't know. And you're good. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think, <laughs> um, Jason, you might actually, you're the only one who's married out of all, yeah. all of us. And you <laughs> asked the question, True. but isn't there's, there's multiple studies out there that say that people who wait for their significant, their spouse are happier and they feel more secure with each other. Or I don't know. You could, probably pick anyone study and 
name the result and it'd be a positive for waiting. Um, and then there's the other side of the coin that God asks us to deny a lot of the world, least things. And you can cherry pick sexual impurity if you want, but it's not like, you know, he's asked a lot of us in the eyes of the world for a different thing. Like, you know, what we eat, what we drink, how we treat people. You say, well, it brings me a little bit of joy to pick on someone because it puffs me up. But there's a reason God has asked us not to do that. And you rely on what you know and how it has, how it brings you closer to him. And then eventually even the things where you're like, I don't understand God, how this is going to bring me closer to you, but everything else has. And so I'm going to trust you on this one. And then, and then you say, well, you trust him and you end up waiting and then boom, those people who did wait are kind of like the, the ones bearing witness that no, it worked for us. It was true. So, um, I don't know if that answers your question. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I, w- I was going to say something similar to that is like, I mean, well, for one thing, constantly we're being, we're being told to live a spiritual life. And I don't think we recognize the spiritual experience. That's part of sex. Like your, your spirit is part of your body. I mean, your body and your spirit make up your soul and you can't separate those. And I think God tells us a lot of things to do that. I don't fully understand. And to think that if I don't fully understand it, I'm not going to do it is totally a pride thing, right? Like if I don't understand mm-hmm. God's wisdom, then that part of it doesn't apply to me rather than recognizing like if God said it, there's probably a reason. And if I'm having a hard time understanding it, that's definitely something I need to go to him in prayer about. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not going to convince you like there's, you know, that's definitely a conversation you need to have with God. But for me to say like, doesn't make sense. And the world has told me this way, but, but that's the way that Satan works is he takes love out of all of God's commandments and gives them back to us as these half truths and says, and sells us to us as if, it's, as if it's the real thing. And that's, that's what sex outside of marriage is. It's like, I'm going to take this beautiful thing that God created from the get go. I think, I know there's conversation about when sex came into being, but I think it's interesting that I don't understand that scripture. Maybe you guys have already talked about it, but God tells Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply before they get kicked out of the garden. I don't know if he was talking about be fruitful and multiply corn or if he was actually talking about them to have children or not. I don't know. It's interesting to me then because then it also says Adam fell them and might be and meant by there. I don't know. But I, but I think it was created by God from the get go and Satan comes on and he takes the love out of it, the commitment, the covenant out of it, and he sells it back and says, this is what you're looking for. And clearly it's not because you can see the fruit that it's born in this world. It's born terrible, terrible fruit. And we're living in the midst of it right now with so much sexual misconduct and so many people being hurt by it. And I don't think you can look at that and say, look at the beautiful fruit that this sexual world we live in is bearing. I think it's very clear the fruit that it's bearing is sour and gross and disgusting. So let's try it the other way. And see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it the other way. And I've seen the beautiful fruit that it's born. And I can tell you, it's, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to wait, but it's not that hard. <laughs> I mean, I know when you're in relationship, it's a lot easier. or It's a lot harder than when you're not. But I'm 38 years old and I am doing just fine. And I did get a standing ovation in Kenya when I announced that I was a virgin at 38 years old. <laughs> so those of you at home can stand and cheer at this point in the context. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Like, I think you hear that. I think you hear how hard it is. But I like, I'd like people to know that it's not 
And then you're the, if you're in the midst of it and it's hard, I don't want to I don't want to discount that because I know, especially when you're with in a relationship with someone. But I don't feel like I'm missing out on a big chunk of my life because I haven't had sex. I think I've had a really fulfilling life. I, we were uh, Sam and I were part of a conversation with one of our friends just recently, and we talked a lot about how God is a God of patterns, you know, and we've talked about this. I don't it might have been last episode about how everything is put in place to bring us back to him. And so everything is typifying of our return to him. And I think you have to look through life in general with that lens that everything is put in place. All of the laws and commandments are put in place so that we can be uh, brought back to him. Because if you don't look at it that way, then you're going to look at life and say, um, God isn't a part of my joy. I'm here to have fun and I'm here to be happy and I'm here to do what makes me feel good. But that's not what life is. It's, it's, we are here so that we can learn to live with God or choose to not live with God, you know, but he's given us these commandments and they're pointing us towards a life that will allow us to live with him. And so there's a pattern, even in marriage, even in the purity of marriage, because as we've already talked about, the church and Jesus are the man and woman, right? Mm -hmm. And and their unity, their coming together is sacred, it's holy, and it's something that God is totally a part of. And if we take um, the church and we totally change it up, Doug Smith in our classes, he uses this analogy where... Um, a man and a woman are married and the man goes away for a little bit and he comes back and he finds another woman in his house dressed in his wife's clothes and she had thrown his wife out. <laughs> Would he act like nothing mattered? Like he'd be like, oh, hi, honey. Yeah. Uh, no, obviously not. He'd be like, okay, you're leaving. I want my wife back, you know? And that's what Jesus is going to say yeah. if he finds a church that isn't the same one he left, you know? And, and, you have to just look at that lens, use that lens of everything is supposed to bring us back to God when you even look about sex is that it's pointing to a pattern that we are meant for someone special mm -hmm. in our life, but the church is meant for someone special in its life as well. It's meant for a purpose. And just like Adam and Eve were given the commandment to be fruitful, the church is given that commandment to commandment to be fruitful in its relationship with jesus and together we bring forth zion you know and, and in a marriage we bring forth kids we and, and it even they are pointing towards how we're supposed to get back to god you know and and so i appreciate how god is just always intertwining patterns and stuff because i i'm just a fan of that stuff but um, You're a pattern guy. I'm a pattern guy. <laughs> I think that's a great point that there, and there's lessons in the waiting. There's lessons in 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 the waiting of my life have been the biggest lesson teachers. And there's lessons in the church waiting on Christ. Like mm. there's lessons in the wilderness, and we so much want to rush to the prize. And God is like, just wait. Like just wait and His timing. Yeah, and then yeah. and then I'm gonna make it beautiful and wonderful, and we look forward to that day <laughs> on both hands. <laughs> both accounts, <laughs> both when Christ returns and when we get to have sex. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, kind of touching on what uh, Kara was saying about 
sex being kind of a spiritual thing. And it, it just kind of made me start thinking about what we've seen in this world and how we are kind of trying to take the spirit out of, out of it. And I, I started thinking about uh, kind of the me too movement. And although I think it got a little out of control, it was a great way to kind of expose how you can take something and use it for terrible re- reasons. And uh, like with Harvey Weinstein using it for power and, um, you know, making people do what he wants and using that and using the feelings that go along with that to totally mess with, you know, how God set sex to be as. And also I was thinking about how pornography doesn't show the spiritual side of sex. It, it's very much like here is sex. Supply and demand. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very much meant for people to get gratification and move on. You're not seeing a romance story there. And and, and there are multiple studies that have shown that pornography addiction causes intimacy issues in multiple ways mm-hmm. um, in terms of your spirit physically and kind of creating a lack of trust between you and your future partner and creating unrealistic expectations and, and all sorts of things. And it, it's just when you, you let the world dictate something that God has set in order, then it's going to go way out of control and cause way more issues than good. And, and that's what we see now where the world doesn't necessarily know how to love. And, and that's, that's one of our biggest issues and that can be applied to sex or, you know, day-to-day interactions or getting along with people who disagree with you or anything. But we, I, I think we just don't know how to love each other. And that is going against one of the greatest commandments of, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And so, yeah, there's just a lot you can get into and I'm no expert, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to touch on some of those issues that you might not think about when you hear that you need to be, you know, sexually pure and uh, stuff like that. But so you said something interesting, and you said pornography doesn't show the the spiritual side of sex. The next question in my mind is: Do people that watch pornography or have watched pornography are they fulfilled? Would, no. you, would you guess no. just as an average? <laughs> they were no. filled, they wouldn't have to watch it more. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's why they get addicted. I mean, they, they get addicted to one part of it because they have to keep coming back. I mean, they're, they're, they're not getting fulfilled. And they would be if they're getting it from the right source. But this isn't the right source, obviously. It's just another, it, it's another counterfeit that Satan has said, you know, God's promised you this. Here's here's my version of it. And it's totally deformed, but it mimics what God wants for us to have in our life, even though it's so vastly different. And God's promised us this, this joy and intimacy that we can have in marital sex. And yet Satan has said, oh, you don't need to be married or really have a significant other to have this. You know, you can... Just go online, you know, and and yet that's not it's not lasting. It's not what your soul needs, you know, 
and, and if you're used to like, you know, sleeping around with people or anything like that, then you hear it from other people of like, oh, I don't want to get married. I don't want to be, you know, locked down to one person the rest of my life. And that that's just showing that it's the, it's the devil trying to kind of divert and pervert this covenant and making covenants and unnecessary and making us try and not even know how to go into a covenant with someone else. And if we can't be in a covenant with our significant other, then it's probably going to affect our covenant with God. And if we even can have one in the first place. And so, yeah, the devil loves to just take good things and make them bad. And, um, but likes to make people not know that they're bad. So there's, there's one more thing I want to say just to make sure it's really clear to everyone who's listening is like, I hope no one feels like we're sitting up here in our high and mighty tower, like being totally sexually pure and never having encountered this type of sin in our lives. Because I will definitely tell you that some of the hardest sins of mine to feel repentance and cleansing from God have had to do with this topic. Same. And that, that it's, you know, I, I don't want people to, to think that. And, and um, there has been forgiveness and cleansing in my life. And, and I, that's gift is there for everyone who's done it. And so we're not, we're not standing up here in judgment or in shame for those who've struggled with these things. We're standing here as to say, we love you and we desire to stand with you and to support you and to, you know, allow you a space to confess and to get rid of those things. That was the biggest thing. I, I remember in high school, I had a boyfriend that I'd done some things with that I was really ashamed of. And I, I always told my mom everything, but this is the one thing I couldn't tell her. And I was just carrying this guilt of like what I had done and how shameful that must be and how I wasn't worthy and blah, 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 blah. And so finally one day I was like, I'm just going to tell her. And I told her and, and she was, not, you know, she was disappointed and I cried a lot. But as soon as I told her, it was like that weight was lifted and I could separate myself from the sin. And it was like, I don't have to go back to that. I've been forgiven and I can move forward. And um, so I just wanted to say, it's not like, <laughs> I, I don't just think that we don't have sexual desires and I don't just think that we don't struggle with these things. We absolutely do. And it is a struggle, but the gift of God is far greater than that. Except for me, I'm perfect, but that's because you're married. So you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's easy. Once, once you get married, every, you, all goes out the window, which brings don't up our not, next no, question. Don't even go there. Can you lust after <laughs> your spouse? Carol, what's the answer? Stop. I actually, I actually have shifted my perspective a little bit on that one. You have. Yeah. So I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating. That's a question for Maria. <laughs> it's, it's hot in here. Thank you. Yeah. Does anyone have a real, like a sentence to add before we end? There's a lot of support out there and, um, you know, we're all there with you. We love you. Fixed and immovably. Jacob's a smart guy. Listen to him. And I'm Samuel Jordison. (laughs) 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 Thank you very much, Kara, for coming on. And uh, thanks for having me. Hope you don't have to bleep out too many segments. Don't worry, don't think we will. Um, We will catch you next episodes on Jacob Three. We're gonna have a double. We're gonna have another guest on. So excited for that one as well. Questions, comments, leave them on Facebook, even if they're Come on, guys. criticisms. Someone's got to do it. 38-year-old men who are single. I'm joking. <laughs> but she, we, don't, we, don't want Facebook. we don't want any of those messages. <laughs> Please. Kara doesn't run the page. To Kara. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, on that note. <laughs>
God bless. God bless. <laughs>